0: Hey guys, it's Edson Giles here. I wanted to share with you our Taylor Swift episode, where we dig into the faith parallels in her lyrics. This was originally recorded back in July, just before she re-released Speak Now, Taylor's version. And until this point it has only been available to our Patreon patrons. But I thought it was time to share it with all of our listeners. If you'd like to hear more, including all of our bonus content, special episodes, extended interviews, etc. Just go to www.patreon.com forward slash and sign up to our Bishop Wallabridge tier to hear more. And now, let's get on with the show. Hello and welcome to God in Film, the podcast where a Christian and an atheist dive into the best cinema has to offer and see if we can find any parallels with the Gospel or any other Bible stories. I'm writer and antihero, Charles Goff.
1: And I'm CBT therapist, and nightmare dressed like a daydream, Kat Bullock.
0: And today for this very special bonus episode, we're going to be looking at the works of one Taylor Alison Swift. Cat, what does Taylor Swift mean to you?
1: Taylor Swift is everything. It is Taylor Swift's world, Giles, and we are just living in it. We are Accurate. so honored to be living at the same time as Taylor Swift and, <laughs> and that's what it is. What does Taylor Swift mean to you, dude?
0: oh taylor swift is somebody i better not think too much about for any long period of time that's what she is i fail miserably on that this point but like the only person whose words i have analyzed with so much depth uh-huh. is shakespeare you know and the fact that she doesn't talk that much about what her songs mean means there's so much room for interpretation True. she's been in dialogue with her fans her whole time you know
1: yeah One day we need to get together and play, is it Shakespeare or Taylor Swift?
0: Because
1: that is a great game and a lot of people fail at it. (laughs) I'm pretty
0: confident I'd nail that one way or another. Let's
1: go. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it one day.
0: (laughs) Kat and I saw Taylor Swift in Hyde Park in 2015 on the 1989 World Tour and that was pretty damn awesome. Without further ado, let's get into (gasps) Cat's Facts.
1: Do, 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 do. theme song we'll work on it um so <laughs> fact number one so taylor allison swift born 13th of december 1989 was actually born in reading um pennsylvania which a lot of people think that she's born in Nashville.
0: born on a and raised on a christmas tree farm isn't she
1: you totally are right and that's totally maybe one of my facts <laughs>
0: <laughs> you've got to come correct when you come at me with You're the the taylor swift knowledge me. like i say you know you've got to work really hard to find me something that i've not heard of before you know
1: that's okay well the thing is i wanted to i wanted to cater to everybody but maybe one day we'll do like a fax where it's just about surprising in and, and we could do like a mastermind <laughs> session So Taylor Swift grew up on a Christmas tree farm. I don't know if you knew that, (laughs) Dals. Do you know Um, what?
0: When I heard the song Christmas Tree Farm, it's is—it's not great, that song, for me, (laughs) you know? And the problem is I listen to so much Taylor Swift. I have hundreds and hundreds of it. I know all the words to tons of songs. Not every single song, but tons of songs. So when you hear one that you think, oh, this is bad... Part of me feels relief. It's like, I haven't completely drunk the Kool-Aid. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like anything she does is wonderful. I still have some sense of taste and discernment. And I can still go with some of them like, <sighs> I feel like you didn't quite yeah. get it, nail it on this one. Um, yeah. And that's okay. Because like I say, even Shakespeare has a few duds in there, you know?
1: Even Shakespeare has a few like, who plays. <laughs> yeah. Like... Anyway, Taylor Swift, Taylor Swift, one um, genius at a time. Yeah, one genius at a time. In 2022, Taylor Swift became a doctor after receiving her honorary doctorate in fine arts. Her speech contains referencing, uh, lots of references, hinting of her past soul. She says, welcome to New York. She mentions 22. But actually, she teases her future album, Midnight, um, teasing songs such as Labyrinth and You're On Your Own Kid.
0: She does that sometimes. She'll just sort of drop a phrase that's... Not quite yes. a regular thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay. Tis the damn Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Long story short, you're always doing this. Mm. <laughs> My final fact, and one that I don't know if you will know, but I hope that you don't, because it will like um and we can talk about <clears> it, okay, it a bit more. Bring it. Um, okay, so Taylor has obviously been very well known for hiding Easter eggs, which essentially hint to the future, and she's been doing this as far as two years in advance. And actually it's been named that sometimes it might be even longer in advance because of COVID. Now, there is a sense, so it started off as secret messages to fans in very, very earlier albums, and now has Mm -hmm. kind of evolved into messages as deep as her nail polish to give us messages about what might be coming next. It is speculated that her next album is an orange theme, and it's called Karma. And this has been speculated since the video, The Man. And it's also second speculated because of the era's tour and the visuals from this. Mm -hmm. Um, The Man, for anybody who doesn't know, is a music video from three albums ago. And fans are sure that Karma is either a completely unreleased album that's been lost to COVID, Mm. or it's definitely the name of her next upcoming one. But the orange theme is much more stronger um, as a colour for her next era. And the reason for that is, is because in the era's tour, little bit of a spoiler, the visuals mm-hmm. behind show the lover house burning down and this big lift of an orange door. And right. in the finale song, she has a dancer of each colour, but she's an orange.
0: That's interesting. See, the way I understood it, Karma was an entire album that she, she'd written and then just kind of went...
1: That's one theory, no. yes. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so that's one theory of that it's a completely lost album. And then the next theory is actually it's her next album. Because right. if you see the man music video, um, when she's the man... Yeah, she's peeing she's against the wall. She's peeing against and it's the wall. all the, all the it's album all the names. Yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah. No,
0: that's, that's awesome. There you go. Kat, That's cat facts you... for you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I've been trying to think this through. Like, if you have heard of taylor swift but you you're not obsessive like we are how would you try to explain why she's so great why she's worth our time to people
1: i think you have to completely introduce taylor swift as a caveat of shake off is not her best work so if, you are, if you are going on, I don't like Taylor Swift because I think Shake Off and me are rubbish, then mm-hmm. you are not giving her the time of day and day, and daylight. I think you would need to showcase all too well. I think you would need yes. to showcase the songs that become relatable to the individual and the, the mastery of songwriting. So mm. if you're basing your opinion on Taylor Swift because of her album or her single releases, then... Just try it out. Don't base your opinion on Taylor Swift yeah. based on Shake It Off, I Knew You Were Trouble and me, you know, going into Do her you know what, album.
0: It's fascinating you said that because I have always often feel like her lead singles from her albums tend to be some of her weakest. Shake It Off yeah. and, uh, <laughs> I knew and, trouble. And, and I Knew your Trouble. Just, they're, they're, it's like, yeah, this is...
1: They're fine. They're fine. This they're is great fine. bops. This is they're f- radio bops. That's what they are. Yeah. They're radio hit bops. Yeah, um, like Shake It Off's great, but every time I hear that like snare drum in the disco, I do like an ill bit because I'm, you know, you 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 request Taylor Swift at the DJ, and then you walk away going, oh, i have got to play Shake It Off. Actually, mm. I probably shouldn't have asked him that.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like you you don't want to ask the DJ to play Taylor Swift, uh, and then he plays the all she... too well ten minute version, are you? You know, no, I do. Like that's everybody's
1: exactly what like, I want, actually, does
0: hey i'm uh i'm feeling quite sad and i'm gonna go have a think about my life my wife claire is not really one for clubbing the only time i've gotten her out to go to a club anywhere was for a club night called swiftageddon yeah they played all taylor swift songs back to back and that was it and it was wonderful
1: that that setup the fact that mm-hmm. taylor is allowed that to happen because they would have had to her um or yeah. her team because they're making money off of just playing their songs it is incredible the fact that they've taken over nightclubs to be able to do that. I mean, what a job. What a, what job. a job. And why did what we not a job think indeed. of that?
0: <laughs> because we like to be in bed by 10. So It's
1: true. <laughs> That's that we have children who need to be in bed by 8. <laughs> That's why.
0: <laughs> anyway, without further ado, let's get into
1: <gasps>
0: finding their face in the film.
1: Finding the face in the film.
0: Nice. Nicely done. Thanks. So I really wanted to do this episode on Taylor Swift. Firstly, because I haven't heard any Christian commentators say many nice things about her. You know, a lot of them seem to create these intense straw man arguments and then spend way too long taking that apart. And Uh I wanted to analyze her work from the perspective of someone who is a fan. And a Christian. Those two things aren't antithetical in any way. Uh-huh. And secondly, I absolutely freaking adore talking about Taylor Swift. And to be honest, Kat, you're the only person who I think could stand listening to me talk about this for so long. You know, All
1: the time. And any day of the, any day of the week, any hour of the week, whether it's 3am or 6pm, Charles, <laughs> I'm here for you, babe. I'm here for
0: you. <laughs> so we're going to jump around a little bit on this one, but we're going to start with an actual film, which... I guess it kind of makes sense for a podcast with film in the title uh-huh. so I thought we'd start with Mr. D- Miss Americana which was the documentary that was released on Netflix in 2020 uh-huh. and I think you've probably got an idea where I'm going to go with this one uh, there's one point in the film where she's talking about endorsing two de- democratic congressional candidates it's like a 2018 clip It's this is post Trump being elected um, and she's wondering, she's She basically really wants to make a political statement in favour of these two uh, Democrats. And some of her management team are worrying about the concert figures being halved. Her Uh father, Scott Swift, rightly puts forward some real concerns that this might ignite some right-wing stalkers to come after her or make an attempt on her life. And Uh everybody's, everybody's genuinely concerned about her safety. And yet, she's able to put aside any concerns for her career or her safety. When she talks about U.S. Senator Marsha Blackburn, who has voted for some fairly horrendous things. She's sort of voted against, like, you know, domestic violence acts and the rest of it. I sent you the the advert. Yes, that, yes. Know, do you see what...
1: I actually hadn't seen that until you'd sent <clears throat> it to me. Obviously, they <clears throat> don't show the actual advert in the film, but they do see her, like, watching that and then... Um... Yeah, it's pretty pretty tough yeah. stuff to watch. One
0: of those people is just who is just exhausting, you know. Like, and she does all these things behind this facade of Tennessee Christian values. Oh,
1: yeah. Now,
0: what's fascinating is Taylor, when she says, "I can't stand seeing that woman's advert on the TV and and talking about Tennessee Christian values." I live in Tennessee. I'm a Christian. That's not what we stand mm. for.
1: <sighs> <laughs>
0: now part of me just wants to end this right there that is a phenomenal (laughs) statement and it makes you feel proud as a christian and a taylor swift fan. it's like when this is we're christians this is not what we Mm -hmm. do you know now jesus didn't say anything about lgbtq couples all right yeah jesus didn't say anything about who should use which toilets yeah but jesus was very 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 clear about standing up for the rights of oppressed people uh, uh. i'll give you a quick one matthew twenty-five, thirty-five to 40 says for i was hungry and you gave me something to eat i was thirsty and you gave me something to drink i was a stranger and you invited me in i needed clothes and you clothed me i was sick and you looked after me i was in prison and you came to visit me then the righteous will say to him Lord, when do we see you hungry and feed you or give you something to drink? When when do we see you a stranger invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When do we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of my brothers and sisters, you did for me. Anything you do for somebody who is in need, that counts as something you did for Jesus. You know, yeah. it's it abundantly yeah. clear, you know. So now it's true that Jesus doesn't explicitly name different people groups, but he keeps it deliberately wide because if someone is in need of help, you help them. Mm-hmm.
1: That is a yeah, Christ-like definitely.
0: value, you know. yeah. And whilst you could definitely find biblical scripture that can support your homophobia, you cannot find anything Christ-like that will support it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna get off my soapbox now because otherwise. What <laughs> a beautiful gonna... soapbox though. Thank it you. was great
1: Thank And you'll write you.
0: that web <laughs> What I wanted to do is get into what I really want to talk about. Because Taylor identifies as a Christian in that clip and I want to examine that within her body of work that is mm-hmm. the rest of her discography and really unpick that part and be like, What yeah. exactly does that mean? And for me to do that, we've got to go like pretty much all the way back to the start okay yes okay so for this i wanted to go all the way back to the taylor swift holiday collection which was i kid you not which is an ep it was first released as like a target exclusive in october 2007 so it consists of six tracks. I
1: think I know which lyrics you're gonna bring up as well. Yeah, yeah, you probably
0: <laughs> probably do. So there's she. There's there's four covers: Last Christmas, Santa Baby, um, Silent Night, White Christmas, which are all covers, and two original tracks: Christmas is When You Were Mine and Christmas Must Be, must be Something More. Yeah. Now I think Christmas is When You Were Mine is pretty great. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's so sweet. It's it's adorable, but. Unfortunately, the one I want to talk about is Christmas Must Be Something More. So like I say, I want to talk about Christmas Must Be Something More. Swift is the only one to have a writing credit on this particular track. And before I get into this, I want to put in some caveats. I understand that this was an album that was rushed out just in time for Christmas. In fact, even the artwork is taken from something else. They couldn't be bothered to do a proper photo shoot for it. So they just stole some photos from teardrops on my guitar and shoved it out there. (laughs) So I get that when we're working to a really tight deadline that has to fit certain criteria, we're not going to produce our best work. I've been there. We all have. And secondly, you have to factor in that she was only 18 when she's writing this track. And she'd released some bangers at this point, but I still think we could count this as part of a juvenilia, if you will. (laughs) The only people who are writing some of their best work at 18 are Mary Shelley and George Michael, as best as I can tell. You know, (laughs) with all that said, let me tell you why this bugs the hell out of me. In the chorus, it says, you'd see that today holds something special, something holy, not superficial. So here's to the birthday boy who saved our lives.
1: Uh, hold on. So. <laughs> okay. So, Uh-oh. different soapbox <clears throat> is about to intrude now. <laughs> mm.
0: You know, this is, this is, this is said with, with love. love. With our obvious love. theological hats on, Jesus didn't save our lives. You know, there are plenty of cases where following Jesus actually costs you your life. You know, Jesus saved our souls, which is a whole different thing. Secondly, referring to him as the birthday boy (laughs) just kind of makes me want to throw up in my mouth a little bit. Yeah, It's a term that really lacks uh, the reverence and the respect he's due. So, like, I remember when I was at uni and I remember hearing a talk where somebody said, Jesus is your friend, but he's not your mate. You know? Mm -hmm, Yeah. He loves you. He's close to you. He cares about you. But he's not someone you can treat like anybody else. Jesus is literally the universe packing itself into a human body because he wants to have a conversation with humanity. Like, yeah. the mind-bendingness of that is just too difficult to get your head around. So calling them the, the, the birthday boy just feels a bit weird. And I think this speaks to something we're going to unpack a bit more, is that at this point, Uh, in her career taylor's living in nashville tennessee which is is part of the bible belt you've heard that term before right
1: yeah yeah and i've visited north carolina which is also part of the bible belt
0: Yeah, yeah so in these places i'm pretty sure christianity has got to be presented as hegemonic you know it's so ingrained into the culture that people see themselves as christians without necessarily thinking about what that means and that is so weird to me, because I became a Christian uh, in the 90s, like pre-internet, and I was bullied mercilessly yay. for it, you know, like kids in year nine were uh, just absolutely horrible to me Savages, for it,
1: children are savages.
0: Can confirm. So the idea of it being everywhere seems appealing until you realise that Christianity was never really meant to be mainstream like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. Christianity was never meant to be something that everybody could say they were without giving a lot of thought to what it was. Uh So, from this point, we can see what I think is cultural Christianity. And that's, I I think, what Taylor uh, probably ascribes to or ascribes to at this point. Okay. And lastly... A song about how Christmas has gotten so commercial these days, being released on a rushed-out album that is a shameless cash grab, seems to be an irony that absolutely <laughs> nobody else noticed. You know, <laughs> I love it. Well, I said, like I know, we're, I know, I've given young Taylor Swift a hard time, but even when she was younger than this, she sang and re- recorded a track called didn't they you've heard that one haven't you
1: yes yeah
0: yeah that was one of those ones that kind of it never it's never been released on a studio album but i think it got leaked on the internet in about 2013 yeah. and it's a reflection on like nine eleven and Columbine from a Christian perspective, and it's basically just screaming out at God, saying, "Didn't they call you? Didn't they need you bad enough? Was there some reason I'm not aware of?" And it's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like the Book of Job couldn't do better. You know, <laughs> like the Psalms of David couldn't nail that quite as well. It has. It's brilliant. She wrote this, we think, as like a preteen, which is. Yeah. Blows my mind, you Just know. Smart
1: head, smart head. Yeah.
0: So Swift has never commented on the track publicly, which is a shame because it has shades of the level of rage and outbreak that we'll see in a in a much later yeah. works. So that's early Swift taken care of. Yeah. And there's something else I wanted to point out. Being a celebrity and being a Christian is really, really freaking difficult. Yeah. It's a it's a high wire act for which for people in the music industry they can and often do fall off. Either you set yourself up to be following certain set of ideals
1: mm-hmm. and
0: like the moment you fall short of them yeah, the media will absolutely out. categorically nail you for it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, here's a good example. Like, Do you remember in the late 90s? I mean, I don't know how much you remember the late 90s, um, but Britney Spears, right? Yeah. Um, Britney Spears says she's not going to have sex before marriage and as a result, every single interview, every single article asks about this and talks about this. They're always referencing it. Yeah. The mainstream media took a really unhealthy obsession yeah. in a teenage girl's sex life.
1: And same with the Jonas Brothers as well, when they had mm. the rings and they were asked about it all the time. And as soon as they had a girlfriend or as soon as they were filmed about the ring, it was mm-hmm. like, oh, have you, have you broken your broken your little truce that you had? Have you, you know... It's very quick to look at the detail and call them out on
0: yeah. that. And... See, I, I was sort of pulled into the, the sort of purity culture of the time. And we didn't have rings, but we did have like a little credit card. Like a true love weight <laughs> credit card. So oh, you could have... You kept,
1: It was lovely. You kept it as yeah, a reminder...
0: What? It was in your wallet, so nobody else saw it but you got nobody to see it. Nobody else saw it, you know? it, but
1: you got to see it. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they should have done that and maybe Granny should have done that. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: So the flip side to it is if you say you're a Christian and you do things that are consistent with Christian values, people <laughs> think you're preaching at them. You know, so yeah. Bono from U2 is is pretty established as being a Christian. And over the years he's done a lot of charity work or work as a goodwill ambassador for various causes. And people kind of hate him for it, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. you two get treated like the butt of the joke or as being holier than now.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're effectively put in an impossible position. So it doesn't surprise me that Taylor Swift does not want to put her religious beliefs front and center because you, yeah. you get secular media criticizing mm-hmm. you for being too Christian. You get Christian evangelicals criticize you for not being Christian enough. It well, is a lose-lose, really so. lose, you know? Yeah,
1: yeah. And also, as well, like Scott Swift is essentially saying all those things to her, but then it becomes a political argument, that becomes a societal argument, and it becomes well, when you're of that amount of celebrity, mm. like you said, when it comes to Britney, it becomes an unhealthy topic to yeah. scrutinise somebody about.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And it's <sighs> like we want our our pop stars to be pop stars. Do you know what I mean? We want our rock yes. stars to be, we, we want them yeah. to kick ass and be cool as hell and it's really hard to do that when you're like okay just before we get started everyone let's have a quick pray you know it doesn't it doesn't quite
1: it doesn't quite doesn't quite the gel right vibes for the Green Day concert you know yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah so when we listen to Swift today it sounds like someone who was and this is this is total supposition I have never We've never spent any time on the podcast talking about one specific person's faith in this much detail Mm. before, and we probably won't get a chance to do it again, but when we listen to Swift today, it sounds like someone who has deconstructed their faith and come out of it not really knowing what they believe. Do you know what I mean?
1: A hundred percent. And I think that she agrees with that. she said at secret sessions that she sees herself more as an atheist, she's seen... But then we see the message Marikana, where she's saying, I'm a Christian, I'm from Tennessee. So she absolutely is, yeah, playing with that idea. I guess exploring what that means to her, what different things means to her, what her values are around that.
0: I totally missed the atheist thing in the secret sessions.
1: I think somebody asked her, because she, someone noted that she actually doesn't make any religious reference in the album 1989. She completely says against it. So then she was asked, and she said that she is exploring and she can't say for definite but she would probably be more atheist. but i don't know the thing is i think there's that journey isn't there of of like you were saying that celebrities fall very short of being boxed into whatever they say at one particular time in one particular timeline and so she's likely stepped away from that because there is a sense of her exploring as she's grown up what that means to her she's been the you know in the public eye since she was 15. And so she's going to learn different things, know different things, do different things. Mm. And it seems, like you said our earlier, catalogue certainly attunes her to Christianity. And then later on we get into that that deconstructed, is she seeing religion as something else? Is she valuing different things? Is there a, a part of her that's very religious in her values of life and very differently in the way that she writes music, or the way that she sees love or things like that?
0: Yeah. as a As a Christian who is also, thinks of themselves as an artist in some way, shape or form i have this problem as well like how much of myself can i actually put out there yeah and how much do i have to worry like what are the people at church going to think uh about my life yeah how much am i gonna get to talk about like sex or how much yeah so, how angry somebody makes me and you have to like you're constantly trying to have to self-censor yourself and it's, well, it's exhausting sometimes you know well. so i can understand why you would want to keep those two things really separate do you know what yeah where sort of modern um swift is reminds me of at the moment we said all the way back in our indiana jones episode that spielberg and lucas seem to like raid the toy box of religious iconography without ever really focusing on anything in in any particular depth. and i feel like i feel like swift has done something similar you can hear in her songs they are absolutely peppered with religious phrases or meaning without ever really getting into in depth can you think of any examples
1: uh, yes, I've got quite a few. I can think of um, even a video that literally shows it in our face and then never goes into much depth, which is the blank space video where she bites the apple and it's uh, very, very peppery Adam yeah. and Eve, I'm about to go into this evil, I'm the nightmare, you know, yeah. I'm the, I'm the evil sinner. Um, but also the lyrics, Madness, Magic, Madness, Heaven, sin. Yeah. But for me, I think the big one quite recently is in Soon You'll Get Better. Um, which Do you know what? Is... I was
0: hoping you'd talk about this? I've got yeah. this on my, my list wants to go for. So go well, on. What are you going to say? A
1: sad, sad song. So I think this pertains to the idea that people turn to religion in crisis. Um, or yeah. turn to God in crisis. And do
0: you want to just explain to people what what it's about?
1: Yes. Um, so soon you'll get better is a song that was written to her mum because her mum mm-hmm. currently is battling brain cancer. Her mum has a right. brain tumour. It's very um, it's very low key. They haven't really detailed much about it, but she's had it for a lot a couple of years now. So I think she's getting the right. I mean, she's Taylor Swift, of course. Her mum's getting the right treatment. Um, her name is Andrea. Mm-hmm. It's about a song which kind of suggests. And hopes that, you know, she'll get better because what else is she supposed to do? Who is she supposed yeah, to talk you, to? Her mum's her best friend. Soon you'll friend. get better
0: because you have to. Yeah, You
1: have to get better because there's no other option for me. And the bridge of that song is so cutting. And I, I've only listened to it once. Um, I've had my own personal indemnities with with brain tumors and brain cancer and yeah that song came out at possibly the wrong time for me and i've never listened to it since it absolutely yeah. destroyed me but that that bridge is wonderful of like who am i supposed to talk to I, it's she says something along the lines of and i hate I don't to, mean make to make this all about me about, about me but who am, but I, who supposed am, to am talk? I supposed
0: to talk to what am i supposed oh, to do oh, oh, if there's oh, oh, no you like <laughs> yeah she
1: then talks about how she's turned to faith and she says Holy Orange Bottles each night I pray to you. Desperate people find faith. So mm. now I pray to Jesus too. And obviously yeah. those holy orange bottles being. At least at this bottles. point
0: she's she's referring to him by name rather than calling him the birthday boy. So we've got some
1: travel We've made some evolutionary steps, <laughs> so we made some some growing have happened in the last fifteen yeah. years. I think Reputation album is, is very much peppered. Uh, don't Blame Me is very heavy in religious imagery when we went to the tour. So the imagery was like stained glass windows. So she was against all these stained glass windows. It was kind of okay. like she was at the center. It was made to look like it was, It was the backing was very, very similar to like a gospel performance. Mm. But there's also a false god as well. So, yeah. you know, your hips, like my hips are the altar, your lips are the altar, even mm-hmm. if it's a false god. Um, Reputation is is very much
0: peppered. I always think of Reputation as her drinking album. So much alcohol reference in that. I'm spilling wine in the bathtub.
1: (laughs) You kiss my face
0: uh, and we're both drunk. (laughs) Yeah, she talks
1: about Yes, it is definitely her drinking album. Like
0: This kind of backs up my feeling of like, she's talking about Magic, Madness, Heaven, Sin. We've talked about angels. We've got uh, devils. It's very Sunday school Theology, Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. Stuff it's stuff that is, is front and center in the public consciousness. She's not talking about anything even a little bit sort of obscure. She's not talking about Meshach, Shadrach no. and Abednego or or Daniel in <laughs> the lion's den, you know. It's all stuff that if I'd learned nothing new about, about God and, and Jesus yeah. from you my know. Catholic education, you would already know it, you know. And it's yes. the, the false God thing. There's a line. Oh, um, what? Something, something, it became my religion. Um, I hope I never... Uh, Cornelia Street. Um, it's
1: Cornelia, yeah, I was going to say. Um, Secret Street, New Beginnings. Can, Hang on, let me get this. Secret New Beginnings. Ah, thank you. Sorry misheard re- that, one. that became my religion. Yeah. Yes.
0: And that's really interesting because it doesn't seem unreasonable to say that Taylor Swift puts a lot of focus on romantic love well, and for so, her yeah. i think she's looking for that kind of salvation in the romantic love with another human being and mm. and i think you're you always struggle with that and and but that that would be if i had to guess that's where i think she's probably at
1: yeah kind of say that you're 100 percent right up there and i think you'd yeah. say i just think i'd say you're 100 percent right on her deconstructing the idea of her own religion and playing with was, was distant yeah. ways.
0: Another one I wanted to look at was the line, it's from the 3am edition of The Midnight, so it's bigger than the whole sky. Yeah. And if you were trying to explain what bigger than the whole sky is about to somebody, how would you... Where would you start?
1: If you would start, generally, you would say it's about an ending. If you're a Swifty, it
0: mm-hmm.
1: potentially references a miscarriage.
0: That's how I, how I read it. Um, yeah. And obviously there are different ways of reading it and we are not speculating as to what's going on in her private life there because she's capable of writing in character she's capable of writing in role she could have had a conversation with a friend we saw with with Ronan she wrote one of the most heartbreaking songs in this yeah. world or any other based yeah. on reading a, a magazine article I've I listened to that song yeah. Once and it was like
1: never again, never
0: yep. again. Well, I, I listened to it whilst it was like nap time for Riley. I literally had my my one year old asleep on my oh. chest at the time. You know, and uh, I was like, okay, right. That's like the done candle in that. the
1: wind Elton John version of that song, like.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like, nope, 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 not having it. But if we assume that she's referencing a miscarriage okay. here, she's, there's one line, did some bird flap its wings over Asia, did some force, did some force take you because take I didn't pray, I did every single thing yeah. to come has turned into ashes, because it's all yeah. over now, it's not meant to be, so I'll say words I don't believe. So... If I if I take some things there, did some some bird flap its wings over in Asia? So that's related to like chaos theory and the idea of different things having a knock on effect yeah, on yeah. things, which can lead into massive consequences down the line. Yeah. Um, and then she says, "Did some force take you because I didn't pray?" Now that's interesting. Yeah. That cultural Christianity that's still latent in there stops her from saying God some force yeah she yeah. can't she can't bring us up but because she's she says, completely because I, because I didn't pray now well, that is not a that is not a theological statement that is somebody who is in pain and who is well. looking for a reason for why something terrible has happened to them. And yeah. something we talked about in the last series is that if somebody is coming to you saying, why did God let this happen? They're not actually asking for a theological breakdown yeah. of, of something. They What they really need is some comfort and somebody to tell you, uh, to tell them, I, I don't know why this happened. I'm so sorry. All I can tell you is that God loves you. Would you like a hug and possibly a biscuit? You know, it's it's not
1: possibly <clears throat> a biscuit if we have the men. Like possibly. if we don't,
0: like, it's just the hug. I could <laughs> just go to the shop. <laughs> I might have and, to go to
1: the spa. It might be a rich like, tea. Hobnob.
0: Bless whenever whenever Claire's feeling sad or a bit weepy or whatever, we <laughs> have this thing where she'll stand in the stand in, in the living room, hold one end of a blanket, and I'll sort of spin her around and around until she's a little sushi roll. Oh. And then sit her on, sit her on the sofa, bring her snacks and drinks, and just leave her to watch whatever she wants she should, to watch yeah, on she's TV. Just like,
1: oh, like yeah, but that's just like the the unexploded bomb right now in the corner. Just, yeah. just, just we need to be careful with that. <laughs> right. Yeah,
0: yeah, she's feeling very delicate. Which can leave it's all fine. <laughs> Bigger than the horse guy is another song that I can't listen to too many times. No, um,
1: definitely not. And also um, it pertains to the idea that she, as well. I think you're right on the money of this idea that she is losing her senses. The original has lost it along the way, yeah. and is trying to because she has admitted there because I didn't pray. So there's a sense of well, I used to, and did you take this from me because I've I've stopped? Um, yeah,
0: but again, it, look at the look at the juxtaposition. Did some force take you because I didn't pray comes right after Did some bird flap yeah. its wings over in Asia. So it's like Did God do this or was this chaos theory? This yes. isn't somebody yeah. developing a coherent theological no. argument. This is somebody flailing.
1: Yes, hundred percent. Yeah.
0: It underscores this thing for me of somebody who's who's deconstructed their faith who doesn't know or who genuinely says. doesn't know what yeah. I I always feel like I don't really mind. Where you come down on there on the question of is there a god or isn't there? Mm. But I do expect you to spend time thinking about it, and I do expect you yeah. to come up with a coherent it because it matters, you know. Whichever way you look yeah. at it, it definitely matters. So we've got these two tailors, haven't we? We've got yeah, um, we've got tailor cultural, in time,
1: essentially. Yeah,
0: we've got we've got country tailor, the sort of very the very sweet christianity as part of your cultural identity and oh, then we. we've got this sort of modern i'll do whatever genre i want
1: um <laughs> taylor
0: <laughs> who yeah seems to be seems to be at sea seems to be at, at, at a mm. loss in a lot of these things and and when the big things happen when the really scary things happen doesn't know like, quite what to do with herself yeah and that's, yeah. that's one of the things i've always found for my christianity for my relationship with jesus i've always felt a bit like a safety net i've had bad things happen to me in life but jesus has been like that safety net that only lets you fall so far You're like The ground is here and you're like
1: Mm. oh yeah you know yeah
0: so what i'm interested in is is there an inflection point is there a a point we can look at and go here's where it changed and here's where and my theory is an old one and a new one because i think we got some insight into it in would have should have could have which is one of the 3am tracks on, on yeah. late nights, her latest uh, new album. Kat, if you had to explain to somebody what would have, should have, could have is, what would you say?
1: What it should have, could have is a song about how a very short time relationship um, has been filled with regret and has maimed her in some way. And it has been a sense of, she has spent a long, long time, longer than the relationship itself, healing and trying to put together her her feelings her upset about that and if Mm -hmm. she would have known she'd have never have done it in the first place but she still enjoyed the relationship it was still meaningful to her despite the pain there's that conflict of (sighs) this was her because she says it was heaven
0: the pain was heaven but i
1: regret you all the time So it's that that, that forbidden fruit. He is forbidden fruit. That's what he is. It was. I
0: see where you're coming from with that line. I I'm not sure if I would have come to the same conclusion about enjoying the relationship. I think a relationship can be something that it doesn't work. It's not working for you, but you don't know how to get out. You know, and it's not. So we're not we're not the tipping point of like an abusive relationship. You know, but. We're not flipping far off, you know? I think um, I
1: think you're right. I don't think she necessarily enjoyed the relationship, but it was more about the... I think she enjoyed what it could have been. Yeah. Not what it
0: was. So for some context, John Mayer was, was quite a big star over in the States. He never really had quite the same crossover over here in the same way. But one of them approached the other over Twitter and they ended up in a, a relationship when she was 19 and he was 32.
1: That's a red flag, you
0: know. That's so high
1: he. key groovy, right? There, Demi Lovato yeah, would have something to say about that.
0: It, it's not illegal, but it's creepy <laughs> as hell. The power imbalance is. What's is the not thing not that Philip Stafford
1: just recently said? It's not illegal. It's
0: just not very unwise.
1: That's it. Unwise, but not illegal.
0: Now, if she, if you look at this here, this song has probably more biblical imagery thrown into it than any other Taylor Swift track. Mm. And if I was a child, did it matter? If, if you got to wash your hands. So yeah. that's a reference to Pontius Pilate washing his hands or of Jesus' execution. He famously washes his hands because he, he won't say, I've got nothing to do with this. Yeah. And then she says, all I used to do was pray. Would have, could have, should have if you've never looked my way. I would have stayed mm-hmm. on my knees and I damn sure never yeah. would have danced with the devil. So I think the idea with that is you're on your knees praying. And God's honest truth—that was pain, was heaven—and there's so much of it in there. And it looks to me like—have you ever been in a relationship that was so bad it made you doubt your belief in God? Because she's almost
1: saying that, isn't she? Of like, I would stay on—I would have stayed on my knees. She's saying that whatever happened to that relationship
0: Mm -hmm. shifted
1: her perspective in some sense. Because if that hadn't have happened she would still be quote-unquote on her knees praying yeah whatever it might be so i think you've i think you've nailed it then right? i think we've nailed it yeah. <laughs>
0: like the last thing you want a woman to say about you or anybody for that matter is i yeah. regret you all the time you know like if you're one of taylor swift's yeah. exes there is a spectrum of songs that, that you want written about you you know Ooh, yeah on the on the sort of uh good end is the back to december style sort of thing oh, yeah. and then heading heading down to the to the sort of the bad end is the i forgot that you existed and then past the bad end in the in this sort of the the in the, 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 the basement jabs. in the basement is dear john <laughs> inside basement of dear john there is a trap door you drop down below that and you find would have could have should have whatever Ooh. this guy did to this poor girl she has spent her adult life thinking about it and it has knocked yeah. her faith in god and her faith in who she was you know so
1: yes dude and it's really interesting as well because something as recent as last night so i was going to mention what of could have should at the beginning but i just didn't know i, I thought soon that that would be good because it was more recent but something she mentioned last night was i'm not releasing speak now so you can go and defend me on the internet about something that happened five billion years ago. (laughs) Miss Taylor Allison Swift, I don't think we get to say that when in the last year, you absolutely savaged this man in three and (laughs) a half minutes with a new song that you've definitely written in the last two years. So, because she has said, she's admitted that all the songs that have been written on Midnight's are about the last 10 years, but she's written them recently. Um yeah. they all pepper into her life, or there were there were ideas that she had at the time or there were songs where she when she's up it's, late at night at midnight. It's a concept album, it.
0: isn't it? You know? 100%. In the same way that in the same way that Speak Now is a concept album where it's letters to different people. This is yes. like people that kept me up at night, you know? Yeah. So the point the point I wanted to end with on the on the Find of the Faith in the film is that I need it to be very clear. I need people to understand exactly what I say when I say that being a Christian and being a good person is not synonymous. It is not... If I if I say somebody is not a Christian, it is not a judgment call as to their character. It is me saying, without trying to be gatekeeper-y, that I'm not quite sure that the depth of the, your relationship with God is as deep as it could be, you know? Gee, I, well. You can be a good person and be a Christian, be an atheist, be a Jew, be a Muslim, be anything and nothing. The two things are not connected. They are, Gee. there is there is not nearly as much overlap as, as I'd like there to be, you know? So if I say that I don't think Taylor Swift is a, is a Christian, I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm saying that it hasn't been made real to her yet. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah but I can't wait to see where she goes with it next.
1: So, so I hope she never stops, but you know.
0: Yeah, 100%. Hey guys, it's Ed Sting Giles here. Just to say that for all intents and purposes, this is the end of the podcast. What follows is utterly self-indulgent and probably not of much interest to anyone but die-hard Swifties. You can just stop now and just go about your day in peace. But if you do choose to keep listening... And you find our relentless fangirling a bit tiresome. Well, that's on you. So that wraps up our finding (laughs) the faith in the film. And we are going to be thoroughly self-indulgent at this point. Uh, And me and Kat are going to talk about our our top 10 list of Taylor Swift songs. We, okay. I might cut this do, out. I might what not. What we serious? doing?
1: Are we? Are we, are we going so like one each? We'll go.
0: they or... we'll we'll like one each at a time as we as we okay, go, and we'll just do, talk about okay, them as, they, as they come up. Okay. So okay. do you want to start with your top with your number ten? I do,
1: but I also want to talk to you first and foremost about the experience of doing this as a swifty. Because, <laughs> like you said, you haven't completely drank the Kool Aid, but mm-hmm. there is a sense here that there is not a top ten. Yeah. <laughs> really i called three one of the songs that i called from my top 10 was would have kind of should have i put it in and i took i was like mm. yeah so yeah, yeah. st- toughy tough tough stuff so how was it for yeah. you making this list
0: i i took the process of whatever comes into my head is the, I did is that the right well. answer because yeah. you could you could sort of weigh up the relative merits of uh, them, and yeah. you could drive yourself insane. And I've spent a good chunk of my day sort of going through, like, okay, well, is this is this song going to bother my top ten? Is it? Nope, nope, that's definitely not. Yeah. And there's <laughs> there's loads that I've left out now that I'm thinking. That, yeah, like, that I'm left. Out. So number ten I went for was clean.
1: Oh my gosh, I've forgotten season. clean and I love clean. Okay. You and I
0: saw Clean Live, do you remember? Her and her back in they rise up into Actually, the air on the clean stage. Is one
1: of my favourite songs and I might have to call one quickly. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: two, nope, nope, no, 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 no. you can't it as as... It. Okay. So my
1: okay. number ten, although this in no particular order apart from the, probably the top two, is uh the one. Mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, it might mm-hmm, it might get cold mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, clean, to mm-hmm. be fair. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Okay, all right, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. I think as well, when you listen to music, context matters when a song is your favorite song. This song came out weeks after a very, very, very difficult relationship breakdown. And I had re bless her soul, the album release came out at midnight or 5am our time. 10am, re texted me and she said, Are you okay? Because I've just listened to the first album, like the first track of the first album when I thought of you. And I was like, for your friend to message you about Taylor Swift, she's not a Taylor Swift fan. She doesn't love Taylor Swift.
0: Re never flipping message me about any Taylor Swift tracks.
1: <laughs> you have to take that out of the palm. But yeah. that's the first time that someone's gone, I thought of you joining that song because you've just been through. So it, it, I think that's more the context, but I think it's such a beautiful, wouldn't it have been fun if you were the one?
0: See, when I heard "Soon you'll get better," I thought of you, and I yes. made a point of not messaging you to tell you Thank about you. it because <laughs> I would not have been like, "Hey, you know who else has dealt with cancer and that problem?" Yeah, I thought I thought you made me need a Shuma break from a song,
1: that. Thought you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did I, I did like cuss out Taylor Swift in my mind as well. I was like, "Do you know me? Are we this like? Are we like?"
0: Okay, so what was your what was your number nine?
1: My number nine is "My Tears Ricochet." I can go anywhere, anywhere, just not home. That lyric is master genius, and the whole imagery concept of the fact that someone can be your best friend, and then instantaneously be the person who puts you in your own feet, like who. who is the reason that you're you, you've died in some sense mm. uh, but they're there at the wake
0: see i was thought of that as the song about like scott scott Boschetta, i think the head of big machine yeah because she talks about stolen lullabies and and all this sort of stuff yeah. and i think because i heard that interpretation so early on uh, i never really yeah, got to hear no. it to think of it any so other she, way
1: she explains it in the um long porn sessions that it's about someone being the person who's your best friend, but can also be the person who absolutely destroys you and then somehow turns up at your wake like they belong there. Yeah. Nothing to it again, pe- knowing that, yeah. and it might change I, some things. I can think
0: of some people that would apply to. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 Cut it. Anyway, what was your number nine?
0: Uh, my number nine was all you had to do was stay um, from 1989.
1: <laughs> lovely. And, lovely, and
0: I cannot think of a thing to recommend it other than that bit in the bridge where... I think it's the bridge where she kind of screams, "You were all I wanted." You know, she's holds yeah. on to it. You were all I wanted. Yeah. If you need to just scream something,
1: <laughs> that song's got you
0: <laughs> at sixty miles an hour at ten o'clock at night. That Taylor's got you. You know, she's got your back on that one. You know, she's
1: got your back. She's got your back. Oh, look how happy we are! Say, talking about our favorite Taylor Swift to, to some of it, it's great. The <laughs> smiles on our faces are real. Uh, my number eight was Cruel Summer."
0: Yeah, yeah. So the track. But yeah. I don't want to keep secrets just to keep
1: you. Yeah, yeah. love it. That was my number eight. Yeah, so it's a number eight.
0: My number eight is, is "Last Kiss," and it's it's uh, I think it's from the uh, Fearless album. And
1: Night Speak Now." Is it? Yep.
0: Um <laughs> They all kind of merge into into one. They you do, know?
1: they do. No, but speak now is at last is speak now. Yeah. Well.
0: The reason I like it is uh the line I I'll watch your life in pictures like I used to watch you sleep. Devastating. It's the most Millennial line <laughs> in a love song because when you break up with somebody, you are going to scroll through their Facebook and their That's Instagram. That's so true. Yeah. You are going to look at those pictures. You go, oh, damn it. I accidentally clicked that. I've got to unclick that before I get, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And that is and it's, so true. And I can relate to that feeling so much of like, I'm shut out of this person's life now.
1: Mm, um, that is a great song, to be honest. That is a great, great song sorely missed off of my top ten, that should okay. be there, it does deserve space. Uh My number seven is "Getaway Car." Really? Do you know what? A lot of people say that, and it right. pains me, dolls. It, it gives me the upsets.
0: Yeah, it's you know, it's <laughs> fine. It's a it's a solid Bonnie and Clyde song, and you know,
1: it, yeah, it, it, yeah, I like it. yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, All right. Yeah. For me, I think I think I'm gonna win on this one because for number seven, I had style.
1: Fair enough, yeah. If
0: you're one of Taylor Swift's exes, this is the song that you want written about you. Do you think?
1: I think if you want it, you want... Yeah, because it's a very ego-like, you are amazing... Good for you, we, never, we never go yeah. out of
0: style. There's that line, see, I've heard that you've been out and about with some other girls. You said what you said is true, but I can't stop thinking about you and I. And she should stop there and go, that is such a flipping line. But she goes, <laughs> yeah, I've been there too a few times. <laughs> you know?
1: <It's, laughs> it, it's, it's you everybody's,
0: everybody's ego comes out of that intact, you know? That's yeah, that's
1: so good so true yeah. what's your number, number six? six my number six is kind of a card ball which i don't know if anyone would okay. expect being in the top 10
0: i've gone for sparks fly um because that was the great song that was the song i would you've got I would some
1: classics so, i think i prefer your top 10 to my top 10 right now <laughs> was, yeah, I think <laughs> that was the one I,
0: I listened to on hard rotation and it just, oh man yeah um, loved it go on what's your number six
1: wonderland do you know what and love Wonder Valleys.
0: I, I was so embarrassed because I I thought I was a big Taylor Swift fan until I hung out with you, and I was like, oh, because <laughs> she played when we went to see her in Hyde Park. She opened with Wonderland, and she opened Wonderland and or New Romantics, and I didn't know either of them because they the deluxe. So
1: New Romantics, I had to call from this list because I love New Romantics as well. Mm.
0: Yeah, the, the the deluxe sort of thing was. Um, bits of the album i didn't find out about until my love for taylor swift never gets to be part of a conversation if that makes sense (laughs) as a man who is older you kind of well i don't get flipping embarrassed by anything but there's no but people aren't tripping over themselves to come and talk to you about it you know um
1: yeah except for our whatsapp chat which trips over except for our whatsapp truth yeah yeah
0: yeah 100 so number five the track five which one have you gone for
1: i thought for you belong with me uh, Ah, yeah. classic classic i dressed up as it as well when i went to Swift together i dressed up as pajamas and we did me and issue were there drawing little triangles looking at the pictures and it was such a good idea because i was in pajamas i went to a nightclub club in my pajamas yeah. everybody was like you look sick and what i did was i carried pens with me and the friends that i met in the bathroom were on the side i was like find my shirt because that's Taylor's got people's names all over the shirt. It was amazing, and it's such a good night. But yeah, no, You Belong With Me has always been one of those that just, like you, my kind of process was like sticking down songs for me that felt like I just, they're off the top of my head, and You Belong With Me is always up there.
0: 100%, 100%, okay. My number five is Cornelia Street, okay?
1: I called that, and I was like, oh... I love See, that
0: was obviously that's one that's about Joe Alwyn um and meeting it at some is. bar and and they they're in a taxi and she says I rent a place on Kenne Street but the whole hook of it is I hope I never lose you I, I hope lose it you. never ends I'll never walk Kenne Street again so Joe Alwyn was like the longest relationship in a life of 6, six years, years and we Yeah I was a bit heartbroken when the two of them broke up I was like no, I thought I was
1: a bit in disbelief and then she yeah
0: yeah, yeah. um and what I found interesting with that is that she's still more or less at the beginning of a relationship there. And yet yeah. she's already anticipating the end. She's in fear the of the end. I hope I never Ooh, lose you. Nice Being married, you get that as well. You know, uh, I really hope I never lose you. But I always assume that with me and Claire, it'll be death that takes us first, you know, before anything yeah. And obviously the other, the other part of the reason I like it is that... Um, it reminds me of you because when you went to new york you went to cornelia street and got in the suff-
1: rain in the <laughs> rain i got and my boyfriend did the common mistake of not taking you know like as a boyfriend as a husband you're supposed to be like no he was like chick chick click he was like we're done we're done come on because there were so many people like like someone else was waiting for me and i was like are you a tennis fan they were like but it was in the pouring rain, and I was, you're yeah. the first person that saw that other than us.
0: Anyway, um, number four, what did you have?
1: Number four was mine. Mine, yeah. You love yeah. mine. Yeah. And I remember that for a 2 Okay. Uh, um, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. but yeah, no, Calling of a a great one, but I love, my, like, mine was the first song I think that for me, was this song I not when I first started loving Taylor Swift, because I found her at Love Story, it kind of like skipped out, got to Mile, and mine right. was like I was hard on mine. I was like constantly yeah. playing it all the time.
0: Yeah. Fair. Fair. Yeah. N- n- what about n- you? N-
1: What's it for?
0: uh tis the damn season
1: nice okay
0: obviously it's from from evermore she's she's writing from the perspective of a woman who is going to become a famous actress this is before she's become a famous actress and she's gone back to her hometown for a school reunion and she hooks up with her boyfriend her high school boyfriend for (laughs) the weekend like that is some in-depth storytelling (laughs) you know anything that's yeah anything was like okay before you understand this, before you enjoy this song, you need to read this pamphlet. To, you know, it's it's the honestly, the they like
1: depth. when when she did the little was it the little desk interview, and they mm-hmm. said, "What are you going to do when you're like now that you're happy? Are you going to still be able to write songs? Because all of her songs are about her, apart yeah. from Folklore and Evermore, who yeah. they are like splatters of stories for other people. So she, the girl, you know, she wasn't going to be a singer songwriter. She had been an author, one yeah. thousand percent
0: just well, she, that's that's still to come we've got we've she's already been filmed you know short film director she's working on it on yeah a film. the the she's books fond. will come in time and it i know for me that song is that sense of like loss and wishing you could get something back even if it's just for the weekend just yeah i love that yes yeah. Yeah. what song. Was your number what was your number three
1: Number three is out there, um, but I feel like this this is disgustingly underrated and it's okay. high on my top ten, which is why it's number three, which is, and I'm still waiting, so sometimes I imagine this, Giles, because you are a filmmaker, sometimes I imagine making film with you and being in an the actor, and you filming it, and I've, I've got this all panned out, by the way, for okay. this particular right. song, and it's right where you left me.
0: Oh, oh. wow. So that's one of the, one of the, the late dusk- ones. Being in the
1: yeah, yeah. But sitting at friends, that restaurant, having a dust break perspective. Up and
0: friends, gay, Mary. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And she gets. She, she sort of brings a bit of the twang back, doesn't she? For that, that she song, does. You know?
1: Yeah, she's got yeah. a little bit of country twang in it. But I'm yeah, that right that song. Where
0: you left me. Yeah, that was one of the bonus tracks for Evermore, wasn't it?
1: It was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because it was paired. And with... she's got
1: the other perspective. It was paired with time to go. But I much prefer right where you left me.
0: Oh, see. I, so right I'm... where you
1: left me is the perspective of her. Not being able to let go of the relationship. Time to go is from the same relationship, but saying to ourselves, "Yeah, we le- we left the restaurant. We're fine. It's that's time to go
0: now." Yeah, um, it's time to go is the one that always always hit hard for me out of the two. You know, um, really? yeah. No, that's uh, that's a fantastic track. I think that was your number three, wasn't it?
1: Yes. Yeah, so what was it number three? Yeah.
0: Um, my number three was Cardigan. Uh, from
1: really. From
0: yeah. So. Cardigan, so folklore dropped a few days maybe even less than a week after Riley was born, okay
1: mm. I, and, I remember you telling me this,
0: and uh, and Oh, I was, i obviously, whenever I hear a new, whenever a new Taylor Swift album tracks, you're like, okay, all right, well, I've got to carve some time out of my day now and, and listen <laughs> to this. You know, they, like, hold all my calls. And, of course, I'm doing this <laughs> whilst swinging a Moses basket around the, the <laughs> garden trying to get a newborn to sleep. And it became part of Riley's sleep playlist. It became the first song <clears throat> on Riley's sleep playlist. So if Riley fell asleep during cardigan then I was doing really well if I had to really sort of if I had to keep going through until I was like a few tracks in and be like maps by the yeah 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 then it had <laughs> taken a while you experience these songs autobiographically don't you 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 experience them they mm-hmm. almost separate from their lyrics and their individual meaning and they're when it ends with that line you'll come back to me that's a really interesting one when you're holding a baby in your arms because somebody said the process of being a parent is just watching your child need you less and less, you know, and they just get further and further away from you. And I think when I sang along to that line, it became almost like a little bit of a prayer. It was like, you'll come back to me. I pray that wherever you are, whatever happens,
1: I want you to come back to me, you know? Yeah.
0: So, uh, I love that.
1: I love the song. I think it's, the, the, the lyrical mastery in that song doesn't actually get as much credit as it is, leaving like a father running like water. Flipping <sighs> heck,
0: yeah. Like, yeah. And, and hearing that as I've just become a father, part of me wants to be like,
1: hey, tha- oh, no, that's.
0: <laughs> no, that's actually incredibly fair. Anyway. Okay, top two. Top two, the biggies.
1: Top two, the biggies. So mm. I'm either, I think I'm going to go down the aisle to this song. Okay. As an instrumental, i to yeah. my dream, and that would be Enchanted.
0: Ah, do you know what? Enchanted so nearly made my list.
1: Oh, oh gosh, I didn't make the list. It's fine, it's fine. I've missed a couple of mine as well, but Yeah, I it's just love so,
0: it. It's so nearly made my list because it sort of summed up a lot of the night I met Claire, you know, that I just met her yeah. at, this, at this wedding, and, and it's like, please, please don't be in love with somebody else. <laughs> Please, that's one waiting for you. Um, my number two was Lover, um, okay, yeah, from the from the album, and it's it's a ridiculous album that song. You know, uh, we could leave the Christmas lights up till January. Well, Taylor, everybody leaves the Christmas lights up till January. You, you don't... that's
1: the beauty of it, though. It's supposed yeah. to be mundane, like that's yeah. what she says. Because someone queried her on it and was like, "Doesn't everybody?" And she was like, "That's the point." And apparently, point. she did have the lyric, "We can leave the Christmas lights up until April," and she was like. It makes more sense that you're more in love when everything is mundane.
0: Yeah, she said, like, well, we could paint that wall that color. Like, it's uh, yeah. When you're when you're in when the two of you together and you're in your own domestic space and you get to uh, set the rules, you get to create the culture and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. We've always tried to cultivate a feeling that when you're at our house, you don't have to put on any airs and graces. You don't. You can just be at our house and you can just be you. Because, and that's that's what was reminds me of. Actually, the main thing it reminds me of is, again, Riley was born on the uh, 18th of July. Our wedding anniversary is the 22nd of July. And Lover had become such a big track for me and Claire. <laughs> It had kind of become our song, which was a shame because we already had a song that was Heroes by David Bowie and, like, Heroes (laughs) now had to, like, squidge up and make space for lover. And I will always remember our wedding anniversary in Withenshaw maternity ward because Riley didn't breathe properly when he was born, so they had to keep him in for, like, five nights. So there's me and Claire. And you have no real privacy. You get a curtain, but everyone can hear everything. And there's me and Claire slow dancing to, to Lover like four days after after Riley's been born, you know, and it was that I will remember the rest of my life, you know?
1: Oh. Now I'm gonna go downstairs and be to Miles and be like, if you don't slow dance with me and the buff is occupied, I'm refunding <laughs> you. <laughs> now, let's
0: let's go on to the onto the biggie.
1: We know. We know it's <laughs> the same. Should we do this one at the same
0: time? Well I'll count us okay. in five four three two one all too all well
1: too well. 10 minute version ten tenus version
0: <laughs> oh, do you know what i spent i spent so much flipping time working like should it be should i go with the the original oh, are or you going go with, with
1: the three minute version are you going with the original
0: i, I i'm making a choice to not choose i'm gonna say Fine. all too okay. well okay, and whichever just... way you want to interpret that yeah uh, i am like Far that is like a freaking... The 10-minute the version is like a gift to Swift scholars everywhere. Because <laughs> we... To, to contextualize this, for Taylor Swift fans, the 10-minute version of All Too Well is like finding another folio of Hamlet. You know? It's like finding... Yeah. It, it's like unlocking keys When I heard that song, it, I couldn't listen to the moment I knew... In the same way uh, ever, ever again, you know? It
1: changes it... so much, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. The lyrics. You kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. The woman can do something with wordplay that there's nothing.
1: Yeah. <sighs> and I, I'm just wondering, did did I love main you too? Like, ah. Yeah. 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 And it's got so many different paces. Mm. It tells a complete... Story. All too
0: well is like two or three songs having a fight with each other yeah, to, for, for dominance, you know.
1: And that's exactly how she wrote it, wasn't it? You know, she wrote this in one. She couldn't remember the lyrics, and Mum had actually filmed it and never showed her. And then she spent months trying to put together the three-minute All Too Well version because she had so much to say. Mm. um You can see that in her Vogue interview, which she had her talking about that.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Okay. That wraps up this incredibly self-indulgent <laughs> but incredibly enjoyable bonus episode of God in Film. Kat, have you had a good time?
1: I've had the best time. I love talking about Taylor Swift and I love talking about Taylor Swift with you. So it's been a fabulous. Thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me be your Taylor Swift consultant today on your you show. Are-
0: <laughs> so so welcome so patrons if you've been listening thank you so much we love it and we will see you soon bye,
1: bye. bye
0: <laughs> god in film is hosted and created by giles goff
1: that's me
0: mixing and editing by giles our logo was designed by
1: julie walsh
0: and our theme tune was composed by rick lee waffle editing by
1: natalie minnicka
0: god in film films a dask production please rate and review. Unless it's a one-star in which case, you need to calm down. I know all too well what you think of this show of mine. And just because there's bad blood between us, that doesn't give you the right to put a blank space where a glowing review should be. Can I ask you a question? What do you get out of being this treacherous? You're not sorry for your attitude, but I wish you would change. For most people, sparks fly when they hear this show. They're enchanted by it. So, You're on your own, kid. You always have been.